Welcome to the See You Next Summer podcast. I'm your host, Billy Pollahan, and with me as always is the bugs to my daffy, Mr. Raul Rodriguez. Hey, How you doing, buddy? What's up, Doc? Oh my god, I'm doing great. Today, we're going to do, starting a new month. We're yes, doing, voted on by you guys. Voted by you guys. Live action animation hybrids. Yes, and you would think we would be doing Space Jam first, but mm-hmm. nah. No, we're going to do uh, 2003's Looney Tunes back in action. Yes! I like this movie. And when I when I was a kid, or well, a teenager, I liked it. And now that I said it again, there was some things that I didn't like, but I still like the movie, though. Billy knows why I liked it. But it yeah, is mildly okay. It's mildly it's not, okay. It is not god-awful. Let's just get that out of the way. It's not Space Jam 2. Let's get out of Which the way. I have actually not seen. You haven't seen I only, it? I've only, I only know it by its reputation, but I could have figured out I was like, yeah, I don't need to see this. I didn't even watch it on HBO Max same day premiere because I didn't oh, care that much. That's gonna uh, that is for another week right that's now another we week, yeah. to discuss the Looney Tunes mainly. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring up, this is very personal for me. I love, love, love the Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. And these two, the main two, are my favorite Looney Tunes characters. Bugs and Daffy are my favorites. Yes. So it's like I was I still am a fan of the Warner Brothers library. They've mm-hmm. made a lot of great stuff that I grew up with that were foundational for me. The Looney Tunes is one that I don't really get to talk about often, so I'm mm-hmm. very excited to be talking about the Looney Tunes in general. Well, it's it don't I like the your introduction because I was raised watching also Looney Tunes. I saw Looney Tunes, the Jetsons, uh, Fred, um, what's the name in English? The, the Flintstones, Flintstones Scooby Doo. Yeah, all the Han- all the Hanna Barbera stuff. All of the Hanna Barberas, which is also associated with Warner Brothers and Yogi Bear. Like it was all Warner Brothers, baby. And then I also grew up part of our cartoons from our generation, like Texas Laboratory, uh, Johnny Bravo, the good, the good age of the, Cartoon the Network. Yeah, but, and also it was it was Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry that mm-hmm. I got introduced to slapstick comedy and yes. just how awesome animation could be, like used for comedy. Mm-hmm. It's still like a lot of the Looney Tunes shorts. You can debate a lot of the racial stereotypes, and there are a lot of things that do not hold up. Oh no! But the comedy very much is still funny. That is, is that? visual comedy perfected. Well, it's also the genius of Chuck Jones and Mel Blanc. Especially Mel Blanc, because he mm-hmm. did... He was the voice actor for almost all the Looney Tunes. Almost all of them. He sadly passed away by this point. Mm-hmm. But the guy they got does a pretty good impression of him. Yeah, and also because... That's what we're talking about, because Looney Tunes is very part of a foundation for my latter generations. We're not talking just us. We're talking also about our parents' generations and their parents, too, because Looney Tunes is, like, what, since the 1930s, 1940s? Yeah, it's been uh-huh. around for as long as Warner Brothers has. It is part of the Warner Brothers history. Uh, you told me I know some stuff, Wink. <laughs> I know some stuff about it the is. Warner Brothers. But... Um, like, like my favorite shorts, like for me, like characters, I love Bugs Bunny too, but I love the coyote, the coyote and the fucking Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner cartoons. I was like, it goes running and the coyote always with the fucking signs. Damn it. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Me, me. Yeah, you can do it. That is all Chuck Jones. I know, it's all Chuck Jones, but I'm like. But also, I always remember because when Family Guy used to be funny, I was like, "Remember that time that you're driving the desert and you see the road run and then fuck." Yeah, <laughs> just keep Peter. driving. Just keep driving. Just keep driving. <laughs> just be, we don't rush him over. Yeah, it's um, and Chuck Jones was an animator, mm-hmm. so he had a very distinct style, like the way that Wiley e. Coyote is drawn. That is Chuck Jones, and he actually did a version of the Jungle Book that was pretty cool. Like he did a short version of the Jungle Book, and there's a jackal character that looks like Wiley e. Coyote. It's crazy. That's cool. I didn't knew that. Oh yeah, I'll have to show it to you sometimes. But yeah, mm. Looney Tunes back in action. This was made b- 
because they wanted to revitalize they the Looney Tunes franchise <laughs> because it was good on TV for a while, <laughs> but they had sort of stalled after Space Jam. And this was their attempt to revitalize the franchise. There was going to be a bunch of movies and stuff. And originally it was going to be a sequel to Space Jam called Spy Jam with mm-hmm. Jackie Chan. Yeah. And instead, director Joe Dante got a hold of it. And Joe mm-hmm. Dante did films like The Howling, most notably Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Very, very good director. Mm-hmm. And he had wanted to do direct something with the Looney Tunes for a very long time. It was a passion mm-hmm. project for him. Yeah. Unfortunately, the same, uh, I mean, it was a different regime, but I guess the same business model, Warner Brothers screwed with this production big time, and it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. And this film bombed big Hard. time. I, I know. I remember. I remember when I saw it, I think I saw it in an empty theater on opening weekend with my parents. Nobody uh, wanted it. In Mexico. I saw it in Mexico. And it's weird because Lunitos is a big thing in Mexico. Especially with uh, the stereotype. Speedy Gonzalez, yeah. Speedy Gonzalez, which everyone's like, oh, he's a racist and stuff. And yet every Mexican person I've ever met is like, no, we love him. Yeah, we're cool. Like, even I, I think for Special Manulation, when we get to it, Fluffy, the comedian Fluffy, was going to be the voice of Speedy Gonzalez and then he got the leader from the movie. He recorded oh, lines and everything as Peter Gonzalez. That's just terrible. Now, Slowpoke slow Rodriguez, on the other hand, mm-hmm. fuck that mouse. Oh, I fucking hated that fucking Slow Rodriguez guy, fucking mouse. Since That's I was also there. very much a stereotype. <laughs> From the way he's drawn to everything, I'm like, oh. Oh, God. yeah. I mean, it is basically, they did a bunch of racist caricatures. Like, Pepe Le Pew is most notably the most problematic one. Yeah. <laughs> The the skunk Pepe Le Pew. Mm-hmm. Also, the names are just great. But right now, we start with a Looney Tunes sketch. One um, of the classic ones. One of the classic ones with Elmer Fudd and uh, Bugs Bunny and, and Daffy and Bugs. You know, rabbit season, duck season, rabbit <laughs> season, duck season. And then Daffy, of course, gets his beak shot off. Mm-hmm. And it's multiple takes of how Daffy keeps getting just shot over and over and over again Mm -hmm. until he's just like guys cut and then it turns out that it's a meeting with all the warner brothers execs Mm -hmm. including the mr warners the actual warners which if you know history yes there were actual warner brothers there were four Mm -hmm. of them but here they're played by the twins that played the security guard in terminator Terminator 2 Mm mm-hmm and they are very much the big glasses, big chairs, um, snooty executives that are just mm-hmm. like, well, I guess the data doesn't support that Daffy Duck does not really sell, which is bullshit because Daffy Duck is one of the most popular characters. No, but I love the little joke that Jenna shows me how Blackberry look, Daffy, you the only popular fan base that you are is only people that live in their basements. So I was like, Damn. Yeah, you fat, fat white guys that live in their basement. Bugs yep. Bunny appeals to everybody else. And Bugs is in the meeting, too. Yes. And this is like Daffy Duck is just like, guys, I'm tired of being second banana to the rabbit. Yes. Um, and much like Looney Tunes, to Joe Dante's credit, they throw in a ton of jokes at you, like a million miles a minute. It's like, like a machine gun fire of jokes. And there's a lot of jokes that only people that are nerdy like us about movies, we get. Children will not get those jokes at first. There's a lot of deep cut stuff. There's a lot of deep cut jokes. Like, if we were to name every single one, we'd be here for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's also, I think those were like not studio mandates. I think that was Joe Dante getting away with it. Like, Like, with a lot of those kind of jokes. But also, we meet Dharma from Dharma and Grey. We meet Jenna Elfman. For my Gen C's, just look it up. Jenna Elman was a thing in the 90s and the 2000s. Her voice, I do not like her voice <laughs> at all. And like she always has like this exasperated face or like always mad face. And she, this stupid executive fires Daffy Duck. Mm-hmm. 
and trying to get him out, and he's just like, no, nah, please. He, he immediately starts sucking up because, well, he's Daffy, but and he gets escorted thing. out. But I love the first thing that Daffy says to Janelleman. I was like, who are you? What glorified personal assistant are you? And I'm like, that was in a children's movie. I was like, damn. <laughs> Again, Daffy has no filter. It's yeah, no, great. it doesn't. Good, continue. And... Yeah, he gets escorted out by a security guard who wants to be a stuntman, played by Brendan Fraser. I think this is the first time we have to talk about Brendan Fraser. In a main role, yes. Yes. Um, everybody knows who Brendan Fraser is now. Back in the 90s and early 2000s, he was the guy. Mm-hmm. That, like He was in a lot of stuff. Now he's, he's made a comeback, thank yes. God. Because he... He went through a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of bad stuff happened to him, but um, luckily he's picked himself back up. And, this and is his Brendan name Fraser, is... Fraser, oh, at the height of his powers. This is yes. before uh, he stopped doing movies. Did you notice um, also that he's paired with Daffy for most of the movie, and yes. his character's last name is Drake? Which, that's a duck reference. Ah, uh, didn't know that. Yeah, because a, a male uh, duck is called a Drake. For those that don't know, I, didn't know. I know this because I have a family of hunters, so oh, I, I, I appreciated that. That's and, cool. Uh, Daffy does not leave easily as they are made. There's a movie being made, which cameo. There's a ton of cameos. This is like, hey, let's just fit as many people that we can get into mm-hmm. that we have on speed dial. One of them is a direct. I guess they're filming a Batman movie. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> The director was Roger Corman, mm-hmm. which I loved. And I love that it's the Keaton Batman as well. And the Keaton Batmobile, talking about right now. But also, for me, that the kid, one of our students hasn't changed. Like, we see Brendan Fraser getting out of stage 25, and then we see him going through now the Starbucks uh, for the employees, and then he goes by the by the commissary and the brownstone a- area of the Warner Bros. And I'm like, damn it, I recognize so many stuff. And then we see the car of Taurus, and I look at the the tour cars. I was like, and now we see Daffy Duck being fired, getting dragged out of the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn it. But I also love that we also see the guy from Gremlins, uh, the the neighbor. I forgot his name. Oh, right now. that the the old security the old security uh, guard, Dick Miller. Yes. Very prominent actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look up his filmography, he was, but yeah, he was in Gremlins famously. Worked with Joe mm-hmm. Dante a ton. And uh, he has to strip him of his security guard, uh, of his job. <laughs> the Warner Brothers logo. The Warner Brothers logo. <laughs> Which, by the way, he's a Nepo baby because mm-hmm. his father, played by Timothy Dalton. Yes. James Bond, <laughs> Timothy Dalton, very like classically trained Shakespearean actor yes, is their biggest star. And that's really, I think the only reason why he had a job in the first place. And Daffy crashes the Batmobile into the water tower yes. and the water floods everything, which is hilarious to me because if you go on any studio tour, you will be told there is no water in the water towers. Mm-hmm. They stopped doing that in the seventies. And I wonder why Joe Dante would have been cool that, that uh, instead of the water tower because water, the Animaniacs run out? It would have been Everybody cool. Everybody that joke because, yeah, if you've seen Animaniacs, you know that they live in the water tower. Mm-hmm. And I love that old Jenna Elman's car gets... Uh, gets uh, I love when there's the big flooded. wave and Bugs just opens up this tiny umbrella. <laughs> and I love Bugs just, look, I found Nemo! <laughs> oh, man. And that movie came out that year. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's insane. And I love that gentleman was like, a, I was like, you need to kick this duck out. And Duffy was like, I have a name. And the gentleman was like, we own the name. I was like, ooh, corporate greed. <laughs> I was like, damn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then is this where we get the uh, um, the cameos? Oh, the cameos? At the At the commissary? Room? Yeah, the commissary. Which there's Porky Pig and Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah. Um, they have a great conversation where Porky's just like, now, you know, they asked me to get rid of the stutter, but now they 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 want me to keep it. And Speedy Gonzalez is like, you're telling me. 
And then we get Matthew Lillard yes. talking with Shaggy and Scooby, and Shaggy, voiced by Casey Kasem, original Shaggy actor. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, that was, that was Casey Kasem. Uh-huh. Or, wait, did you not know that he was the original voice of Shaggy? No, I didn't know that about that, but I didn't oh, yeah, know that. Oh, yeah, just was like... Matthew Lillard talking to Matthew Lillard. No, no, that was Casey Kasem's uh, Shaggy oh, cool. going like, man, you made me sound like a total dork. He's just like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to, I try to stay true to the character. And he's just like, well, if you mess it up in the sequel, I'm going to mess you up. Yeah, and there's a ton of like Looney Tunes characters. Even if you don't know their names, you know what they look like in the background. And there's a bunch of background jokes, too, that I really appreciated. Yeah, like, when you see the fucking frog, I, well, that's one of my favorite jokes in all of Looney Tunes. Uh, Hello, my honey. Hello, my baby. <laughs> ah, the frog from the original WB network. Yes. That's how I knew him. I didn't know about the, hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. That's but, just archive footage. I know, but you have seen the, footage, the, the short, right? The original short that where he does. Oh, yeah, of course I, I have. That was it's a to- it's from- a plot point in Son of the Mask as well. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> so, yes. But uh, Bugs is just like, look, just give Daffy some time. He'll be back. He always wants to come back. Uh, I can and getting rid of him is a stupid idea, mm-hmm. which he's right. And Jenna Elfman's just like, yeah, but she she's very much the but the data says mm-hmm. one of those people before it was popular. Before Dan Shirley in this in Space Jam and New Legacy. Oh, great. And uh, <laughs> he's just like, no, we can continue this without Daffy. And Bugs is just like, yeah, no, this isn't going to be a good idea. You better do what I say, sister. I'm yeah. the star. I've and been I doing know. this for decades. And and Bugs was like, proposed, I was like, well, I can be. I was like, when Jenna was like, well, we can get you like a love interest. I was like, and Bugs was like, Dresses up in drag. It was like, I can bring my own love interest. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, yeah, and the drag thing? Get rid of that. Uh-huh. And she, then he's just, like, so exasperated. He's like, sister, you don't have a funny bone in your body. Mm-hmm. I know what's funny. What uh, do you yeah. think, trophies? And <laughs> giant slab of concrete with the uh, star from the Walk of Fame, which I have <laughs> seen, too. I have seen Bugs Bunnies. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the statue's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we go to this awesome house where Brendan Fraser lives because it's his dad's house. He still mm-hmm. lives. It, he still lives with his dad. And Daffy's just like, what a loser! Mm-hmm. Hey, I which I was like, hey, hey, great offense to that. I love that Daffy does. I was like, I hit rock bottom. I'm with a security guy who still lives with his father. It was like, oh as my he God. also lives next door to Granny Sylvester and Tweety. Yes, mm, that Tweety. Oh, that, that's yeah. another thing. I have a irrational hatred of Tweety Bird. Okay. He's the one Looney Tunes character I cannot stand. I don't know, his feet I and his mouth. Like his little weird round head. Uh, doesn't do anything, but just like it's kind of an asshole, honestly. Um, if that uh, granny had just fed Sylvester, it would be <laughs> they'd be fine. Okay, who's a bigger asshole? Tweety Bird or, or Jerry? Um, admittedly, probably Jerry. I kind of agree. Because <laughs> Jerry enjoys dealing out uh, pain yeah, to torturing Tom. Tom. Yeah. Yeah, and Tom did nothing wrong. I mean, well, he is a cat, but still, Tom is Tom is abused in those cartoons. Yes, he does. Like, so bad, and it's funny, but at the same time, it's like the humans—they're neglectful owners. Mm-hmm. And uh, after this, we see that Daffy Duck realizes that he's the son of Damon Drake. I was like, oh my god, your father is Damon Drake? Oh my god, what if he's a really a spy and really he's an actor pretending in the movies to be a spy, but really he's a spy because he's so good at his role. And Breakfast is like, no, he's not. And then he sees the control remote that is vibrating. I was like, I'm going to answer my remote. And then he gets a FaceTime call from Timothy Dalton and as, as Damon Drake was like, son, you need to ask those details for the blue monkey. And then he's seeing that he's fighting. It looks like that the Timothy Dalton was just in a, a sort of a bar in Vegas shooting that and Joe Dante was like, okay, okay, let me shoot you for like one minute to you to say that because it looks so cheap. 
that scene on the painting. And and then I was like, okay, we're going to get heading to Vegas. And did you notice when they see the old ass car that you hear the Gremlins theme? Yeah, yeah. There was a couple of sounds that uh, were familiar. Forget the, the start of the car. There's also a lot of stock sound effects mm-hmm. that are used. And uh, yeah, the, the car is a piece of crap. Yes. But uh, oh, they're trying to look for Blue Monkey. Yeah, the Blue she Monkey. Said, Go to uh, um, Vegas. To meet look for Dusty Tails. Yeah. And say Blue Monkey. Basically, it's the MacGuffin of this movie. Yep. Is this where we get introduced to our main antagonist? Uh, not yet. We have to. Uh, we I have to talk about when we go into the meeting with the Warner Brothers and Jenna Elfman. They're in the movie theater and they see the movie without Daffy Duck, and then Bugs Bunny gets shot. Bug gets shot, and Bugs Bunny's like, "Oh God, the agony, the pain!" And I love the Warner Brothers are like just holding their hands and ho- with their face so seriously. And I love that Bugs Bunny also pretends to be chubby behind them. I was like, you fire our best duck. And Jenna Evan, my films have made over $950 million. And the guys, it's not a billion. <laughs> was like, no, no, it's not. Which is, it's also hypocritical for them because they encourage the firing. They just, they're, mm-hmm. they're executives. They don't know shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's what's so funny. Yes. And it's very true to Hollywood. Soon as they do something that might affect profits, they'll slice your throat. Mm-hmm. And then we see that we go into Duffy Duck with Brendan Fraser. And I was like, um, and what is that you do, security guard? And then I was like, I'm not a security guard. I'm a, I'm a stuntman. I have been a stuntman before. You saw those mommy movies? I'm more in them than that Brendan Fraser guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I forgot that he uh, made fun of himself, too. Mm-hmm. Made him seem like a total idiot. And now we get into Steve Martin. Yes, and then we get into Steve Martin. That looks like what Danny Elfman looks like right now. And he's doing a very weird voice. Like an over-the-top, um, just talking like this sort of voice. And is very much hamming up the screen. And half the time, maybe... most of the time, it does not work. I love Steve maybe Martin. Steve Martin was trying to do a Robin Williams impression, though? Because he sounded like Robin Williams sometimes. Well, most people can't do Robin Williams, though. I know, but Even... the voice sounded like a little, though. A little. I would have preferred Robin Williams, honestly. Nah, that would have been a totally different movie. That man basically was a cartoon character. As much as I love Steve Martin, because Steve Martin is very funny. It is very funny, but also Steve Martin with the hair. I don't know, it reminded me of Martin Short in The Father of the Bride. <laughs> well, I, was he it's a terrible haircut. Show? Yeah, I know. It's a terrible haircut. And it's very 2000s. And I love that some of the executives... Um, one of them is Ron Perlman. Hellboy himself. <laughs> and another one, um, actor Robert Picardo. He was, um, the doctor in Star Trek Voyager. You know, the guy with the same haircut as Picard. And yeah. they're, b- because the main bad guys are the Acme Corporation. Now, Acme in Looney Tunes lore is typically the company that has everything. But their products are complete shit. A lot of the times it's used for Wiley e. Coyote as he uses a lot of Acme products to try mm-hmm. to kill or get the Roadrunner. Mm-hmm. So you're saying but they that always the... backfire. That's that's the whole shtick. So you say that the real life Acme right now will be Amazon? Pretty much. <laughs> and and he, uh, they want the blue monkey because uh, the president. World domination. World domination. I want to turn everybody into a monkey except for myself. But I love his you know what? It, it's it makes sense for somebody as zany as the Acme Corporation. I mean, but their their plan is really good, though. You think about it, because they want to turn people into monkeys. The monkeys being slaves turn them back into humans to buy the things that they already made as slaves. So it's just it makes like sense a, to me. Well, it makes sense. It is evil, but I love the little joke that he sells like a. We can have nine-year-olds. Means Weshaw's making Acme sneakers. Now when there's three-year-olds three year that work for less, just put out, press in their sippy cuffs. I was like, Nike? Oh, my God, Nike? Oh, oh, man. Oh, yeah, I love the IMDb. It says that the Acme headquarters, by the way, 
is likely located in Fairfield City, New Jersey. I don't. That's just a. That's a great uh, deep cut joke. And, um, and I love that they uh, the executives was like, "What about the duck, sir? I want him extra crispy." And then we get into the moment that for me still holds up. Jenna Elman walks in into the house slowly in silence, and she hears the shower, opens the door. And all of a sudden, the movie turns into black and white, opens the curtain, and then Bugs Bunny. It's it's a whole psycho homage, and I even love that they have the little the little Hershey's because if you know your shit about Psycho, because fun fact in Psycho, that blood in the drain was actually chocolate syrup. Can't in your face, Universal. And not in your face, Universal. Also in your face, Gus Van Sand, because Looney Tunes back in action did it better. Yeah, <laughs> than the Gus Van Sant Psycho quote unquote remake. Mm-hmm. Rehashing. <laughs> yes, but they end up getting the real spy car, which turned over because um, Brendan Fraser and Daffy are using. He's like my dad's old pizza van, and it's a piece of crap. Yeah. As they drive all the way to Vegas, and. Bugs Bunny and Jenna Elfman get the spy car, mm-hmm. which is, of course, is just like Kit from Knight Rider. Uh, all the it's a talking car that it's just like now going to Las Vegas. Blah! It has like Jet on the end of it, and then they go to Vegas as uh, Bugs also starts singing. Well, Viva Las Vegas by Elvis. Or per synergy, twenty years later they make an Elvis. To movie. be fair. I'm pretty sure I played that the first time I went to Vegas, too. Oh, yeah. Yes, you did, I think. I think you put out it when, I, when we were driving. I, I mean, I had to. It's the only yeah. song that's about Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. With, yeah. the, with the name of the city in there. Oh, well, you know the first song I ever played when I went to Vegas? Because that was the first thing I knew about Vegas. Is that a new shoe to be loved by anyone? Because I saw Mars Attack. Oh, <laughs> Tom Jones. Mars Attack. When we get to Mars Attack. Oh, my God. I love that. That's an so underrated much. gem. Yes. Uh, anyway, they they decide to go um, to Yosemite Sam's uh, Western place. Mm-hmm. And they got to find the Queen of Diamonds playing card. There's a very specific playing card they got to get. The Plaza Casino in Vegas in downtown. Which we have seen and mm-hmm. is also going to be the location from another movie that we're going to be covering mm-hmm. later. Um, and we see that, well, Yosemite Sam works for Acme. Mm-hmm. And that he gets a call from the chairman. Because Steve Martin's character's name is Mr. Chairman, which mm-hmm. is great. And he's just like... Uh, get the duck and get the playing card. And of course, you know, being Yosemite Sam, mm-hmm. he does it all with his big, uh, I, I assume his mustache face. Yeah, thing, whatever. his henchmen, I have seen them in on some, some shores of Looney Tunes. But then we get into, that's the thing, sometimes I love Fahorn Longhorn and sometimes I hate him. I don't know why, since I was oh. a kid. The the Kentucky stereotype of Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. I see, I see. I'm gonna be dealing with the cards here, yeah, boy. And I mean, we all love Foghorn Leghorn at times, like, just because he's so full of himself. Foghorn Leghorn or the guy from Knives Out. I mean, that's essentially what Benoit Blanc is. It's just yeah, an exaggerated Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> I mean, a donut hole inside of a donut hole. I mean, a donut hole, I say, inside of another donut hole. It's an, <laughs> it's insane there. And, of course, I mean, I would have to blow out the speakers if I had to do Yosemite Sam. Yeah. It's really hard not to impersonate all these Looney Tunes characters they're because they're all... they're iconic. They're iconic. Everybody knows the voices. But I love and Buckhorn, Leghorn, Little The fact little that joke. it was mainly one guy that mm-hmm. did all of them mm-hmm. is crazy to me. I love Fajor Leghorn, one of his first lines in the movie. He's like, please put your greasy buffet shoveling hands together for our next act. And I was like, okay, damn. <laughs> and then after that, we get the introduction of Heather Lucklears from Spin City. Uh, well, I, but Spin City from Michael J. Fox. And I was like, oh, uh, and she looks great. She looks amazing. And then she does her uh, her her musical number. And I love that he has a lot of a lot of like little people pretending to be Yosemite Sam with the 
with the mask and then Bru uh, Brendan Fraser put us the mask to pretend to be also Yosemite Sam. And they go inside uh, into her into her room. I was like, uh, so are you really, uh, are you going to help my father? I was like, oh yeah, I know about the blue monkey. You need to find this card. And then guess where the card that uh, has the, the Mona Lisa. And I was like, uh, oh, are you also a spy? Oh yeah, I'm a spy too. This pop star thing is one of my second gigs. So wouldn't pay, even Daffy, I was like, wouldn't a pop star, will, wouldn't the spy will be more thrilling? I was like, the pop star thing is just a psychic. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah for sure mm -hmm. so what they do is well first yosemite sam comes in with a uh with a cannon with mm -hmm. his minions and daffy of course closes the door mm -hmm. and he barrels through a bunch of showgirls yes. and of course comes back because he's just like hello ladies and ram uh slams right into the fire extinguisher that explodes all over him and the animation live action hybrid moments half the time they work other times you can tell yeah like where there's nothing it's very funny like whenever they try to do things physically it's weird but the animation still looks great though even in those moments that it doesn't sing well the, the animation still looks very beautiful and very vibrant and then they're chasing them. And then we get the introduction. And I even asked Billy before recording, who the fuck is this guy? Uh, because I don't watch NASCAR. What was the name of the guy? Oh, yeah. Cameo from Jeff Gordon, who oh, okay. was huge in NASCAR. He was like one of the biggest names, one of the top drivers. And mm -hmm. Yosemite Sam steals his car. Mm -hmm. And we see that Brendan Fraser and Daffy are... Uh, um, getting away, they're just on foot because the car literally fell apart, which was which is great. Wait, do we skip the comedy scene with Foghorn Leghorn as the card as the blackjack dealer? I think you said part of it. I I don't have a lot of the lines, but you can say it again. Okay, because like he, uh, the Queen of Diamonds card ends up in this blackjack uh, deck. Also, he crashed onto a table full of uh, dogs playing poker. That old uh, that old joke. I thought that was good. And uh, every time he's just like, hit me. And then Yosemite Sam, hit me! Hit me, hit me. And then Foghorn Leghorn hits Yosemite Sam with a with the blackjack board. I know, flattens I know. Him. <laughs> so he literally hits him. And he finds it. Oh, yeah, and it turns out it, he won because it was all aces. That's the thing. James, that was a very James Bond movie. I was like, wow, that was a lot of aces in a row. Yeah, which never happens, by the way. No. Never, especially not in Vegas. Not in Vegas, yeah. And then, and after then that... they have a they have a chase scene. Uh-huh. And Jenna Elfman and Bugs Bunny are all dressed up because the car accidentally dressed them up as like, like a for for a party. Very James Bondish. Mm-hmm. And I love that they the semi center to throw dynamite to the car. I was like, no sir, we can't the hands was like, why? What would be the message that you could have sent the kids? And they just turn on the screen. <laughs> and then um, they get away because I think Daffy Bags was like, oh, mommy, because he's afraid. And then the car says, oh, no, he just he just whispers, mother, as they're about to slam into the wall. Uh -huh. And then the car says, going to mother. And they, they go fly out. And I love that the car is even higher than a plane. And then they scoop it up and the car goes about to crash. And I love that Daffy. That's a very kind of like, I love his move. He talks on the phone. Sell on my WB stock. I think the bunny's about to die. <laughs> As they literally fly out and uh, I keep saying it, his name, but I love saying it. Yosemite Sam mm -hmm. just crashes right through his own restaurant, by the way. Yes. Um, As they're in the middle of a show. Mm -hmm. um, oh, shoot. I'm looking up the cast list. Do you remember the Paula Abdul cameo? Wait, Paula Abdul was in the movie? She must have been in the beginning at the Warner Brothers lot. Because... Maybe she was part of the lunchroom? Maybe she was part of the lunchroom. But yeah, Paula Abdul is in there. Oh, as well. wow. As herself. As herself. That's cool. That's cool. I, oh, I... yeah. And the chairman, he has this silent, uh, big hulking dude. Very James Bondish. 
I was going to say, is that a WWE person? Yes, by WWE superstar Bill Goldberg. <laughs> or just Goldberg. Mm-hmm. I love him. He did a very cheesy-ass horror movie called Santa Slays, and it as he's Santa Claus, and it's great. But here, doesn't say a word, but he's a massive dude. And he works as the silent assistant that's like, you know, fetch me this, and he just does it. Um, as is, they, this, it, is, is this Santa Slay movie? It's kind of like Silent Night, the one with David Harbour. Oh, I think it's better because uh, it's a killer Santa Claus. Like oh, he, like, like Santa Claus just is was evil, mm-hmm. and he was forced to be good, and now it's like now he can be evil again, and oh, he just goes and kills a shit ton of people. Mm-hmm. I got to show you it sometime. It's it's great. Oh but, my god, I'm gonna add that to my list. And yeah, then... so, so the whole thing with Acme is they hire Looney Tunes bad guys because they all mm-hmm. work for Acme. Yes. And this is where we get our second one, your favorite. Uh, this is when they're, they're running the desert. Janelle has this little joke. I was like, I, I promise to myself, I'm gonna make movies about the reflection of the human condition. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but then uh, we get the phone call. Uh, he calls Wally Coyote. And I love this. Who's chasing the Roadrunner? Of course. Chasing the Roadrunner as always. But I love this job because I'm like, Amazon didn't exist back then. He's on a computer on the Acme website. He's like, Oh, I want this. Do you want to give her for free? He's like, Yes. Like, can you get it? It's an instant. It was Amazon before Amazon. I was going to say, I was like, What the fuck? It was with a boom. Well, first of all, the fact that he was able to have an old 2000s. Computer, computer internet that could play CDs and stuff, which by the way, they did have CDs and VHSs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love when he answers the phone, he has the sign that says hello <laughs> because Wiley yes. Coyote never talks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how does he know what he's saying though? But that's part of the joke, it's, mm-hmm. it's all visual comedy, yes. and it's like instant. And do you want to gift wrap? Sure, as the giant crate immediately flattens <laughs> uh, Wiley Coyote. Mm-hmm. See, that's the sort of stuff I love in this movie. The Looney Tunes comedy is very much like the old school Looney Tunes, and it's mm-hmm. very funny. And the animation's really well mm-hmm. done because 2D animation is very hard to do. And trying to I, do it like fast, mm-hmm. it's even harder. And that's the thing that I also wonder about the production number of this movie because I know that the animation had to be ready like two, three years before the movie came out. So I wonder if there's like a lot of deleted scenes. Oh, the studio knows were mostly kind of like the human stuff. That's Probably the, the human stuff. The human yeah. stuff is so just bland and generic. Mm-hmm. And he has like, there's, there's no Fraser. Way How can you make Brendan Fraser bland? Because they made him the everyman. They're all just paper thin stereotypes. Mm-hmm. The things that save this movie are the Looney Tunes yes. themselves. And, and I love that, <laughs> that we get to the Walmart. Oh, yeah, the random Walmart that I'm sure was just there as a subtle, like, product placement to fund the think movie. That, do you think that Jason Raymond took notes from this movie? Talking about when Ghostbusters Afterlife? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I prefer that old-timey Walmart, that 20-year-ago Walmart. I love those old logos and stuff. Yes. But yeah, they're in the middle of the desert, and obviously they don't have any food or water, but mm. they just have a Walmart there. And even Jenna Elfman's just like, you realize this is just stupid, right? As she looks directly into the camera. Yeah, and I love that. And then they're just like, yeah, like, okay, uh, Walmart. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> is this real or product placement? And then they get out of it, and I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe we took drinks. Oh, yes, Fresca, Mountain, Mountain Dew, insert product name here, says Daffy Duck. <laughs> I love like, how they all follow cartoon logic, but then they ooh. also point out how stupid cartoon logic is. And then, uh, when they get out, I was like, it was so nice of Walmart to give us these Walmart beverages for us to say Walmart so many times. <laughs> Walmart? <laughs> Product placement. <laughs> oh, mean, and is it, this where it, they find... Uh... Yeah, no, I'm going to say the last one. Eat your hat on Michael Bay. Like in Transformers 4. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we if we ever do Transformers, that'll be... Oh, especially I will, 4. I will rue that day. We I will rue it. We need to be drunk for Transformers 4. Oh, my God. I mean, make it more 
babbling nonsense. Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and... um, they enter through a portal. Mm-hmm. Which I just had a random thought. I'm surprised that WB didn't do the... Remember when movies from Warner Brothers would start and there would be Bugs Bunny out in the tux and eating the carrot? Mm-hmm. Like on the logo, the da 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 mm-hmm. I'm surprised they didn't do it here and then just like have him start in the short. But that, they, that did the, they did the they did the Looney Tunes like, or they didn't do the uh, um, Bugs Bunny going into the orange frame and the they didn't do any of that. It just yeah, it was a it was a weird like how this movie starts weird. Yeah, but now they go into the invisible force field of, as it turns out, more cameos and weird sci-fi stuff. But it doesn't distract you like a Marvel movie. No, and it's called, uh, as we learn, Joan Cusack is yes. mother. <laughs> and she is a scientist. And all these uh, people, there's a lot of deep cuts because mm-hmm. uh, what, this monster comes out. And I love that they get a claw machine, put it in a jar, and that they have to poke the holes in the jar as well so they can breathe. Mm-hmm. One of them is a B-movie monster called Robot Monster, which is like this guy in a scuba helmet and is in a gorilla suit. Mm-hmm. It's a real movie. It exists. Yes. And it's hilarious. And another one, a Dalek from Doctor Who, for what some reason. fucking voice? Exterminate! Exterminate! <laughs> As they're going through, like, the area, Area 52. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, we just made Area 51 so we could throw off conspiracy theorists. No, this is the real place where wacky shenanigans happen. You know what this scene needed? It needed David Duchovny right there in the corner. But what we do get is one of the people, um, this is also a very deep cut. If you have seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, the, the, the guy in black and white. Yeah, um, actor's name was Kevin McCarthy, and he was just like, they're here already. It could be you or you. It could be any of us. And he's just like, it could be any of us. And they're like, okay, okay, old timer. But yeah, they got him to play his part in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the original one. (laughs) Not the Donald Sutherland one or the weird one with Nicole Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig. I have seen all three of them. I haven't never seen the Donald Sutherland version. I doesn't want the that one I where they point and they go. <laughs> it's a good story. It's a good story. Yes. But they they were just like, okay, well, we have an instructional video to tell us about what the blue monkey is because we got to go back to it. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, well, there's a VHS player, and uh, well, Daffy got melted down to, well his to mush and so they're assembling daffy again and uh we get another cameo from oh what was his name the mission impossible guy oh Uh, damn oh i'm forgetting i know what you're talking about that from the original show right yeah they actually don't list him on imdb which is kind of crazy um but he happens to be um, Peter Graves. Mm-hmm. Peter Graves. He was um, an airplane. You know, the pilot that's just like, yes. Joey, you ever seen a grown man naked? And <laughs> <laughs> hey, you have dresses as part of him. Do you like, do, do you like uh, movies about gladiators? <laughs> and he's explaining the blue monkey was this and this. And then Daffy assembles and he just goes, unbelievable. And he's like, Unbelievable, you say. <laughs> you might say. <laughs> I thought that was a great. That's a great, great joke. joke. I love when they respond to the video tape. I love, I love those kind of jokes. I forget the titles of the other VHS tapes, but um, oh, one of them was "How Sausage Is Made," <laughs> and it's really stupid jokes like that that just warm my my pun loving heart. <laughs> it nice. saved this movie for me because if it did not have any of that, I would not bother with it, and it would be a piece of crap. Because this movie's shot in a very traditional sense. Yeah. That's the thing, because Joe Dante likes to do, like, a lot of, like, uh, Sam Raimi kind of shots and also, like, a lot of inversions and really good cinematography. This one looked like a 2000s movie. Like, I think I think Joe Dante was more interested in doing the cartoons 
that doing the human stuff. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I feel was... like they just had to do a human stuff because they're like, well, we got Brendan Fraser and Jenna Elfman mm-hmm. attached. And and then after this, we see that they they know the evil plan. Like uh, the thing that I just mentioned, it was like uh, to make a uh, uh, human slave, uh, put them as monkeys, and then they're making them human to buy the army products. And then is it the name of the character? Because I always forget the uh, the little the, the little guy Marty the Martian. This is his name. Oh yeah, and one of the jars is Marvin the Martian. Marvin, thank you. I was like, what's yeah, his Marvin name? the Martian. Marvin the Martian, yes. I and have then, to get out of this jar. Oh God! You can make the voice. <laughs> yeah, I can do. I can do Marvin the Martian, and nice. it, he is very fun. I think that he looks like a Spartan, you with his like little his yeah. little helmet, or a space Spartan because he's a Martian. Yeah, and he he just has a black like nothing. Like he yeah, doesn't have he a doesn't mouth or anything. Know. He's just mm-hmm. eyes. But he has this voice that sounds like this. I thought there'd be an earth shattering kaboom. <laughs> And then, uh, and then we see we get like, he, he frees all of the, the all of the cuts of, all of the deep cuts of of aliens from the jars, and then frees the Daleks, and the Daleks are killing a lot of people. And John Cusack tells to Brendan Fraser, "The window what lies behind her smile." I was like, "I don't get it," says Brendan Fraser. Everybody here, they talking riddles. You have to solve it yourself. <laughs> oh yeah, and she gives the cue moment. I think this movie is more in love with James Bond than it is with the mm-hmm. Looney Tunes because they got this phone that also has like a super magnet grappling hook. And it's, it's basically a super phone and it's tiny though. I'm surprised it wasn't a flip phone, but they end up going to Paris and they got to go to the Mona Lisa because of course they do. It's behind her love, eyes. But I love the gentleman. So I was like, how are we going to get to Paris in Bafoni? Wait, 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 let, let me do this. And they just pulls the rug out of the whole film and then we're going to Paris. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there was a joke that I loved mm-hmm. that was as it's fading to black as the car is crashing. Mm-hmm. He's just like, well, I guess we can't do that. Hoping that the fade to black would then just cut and everything would be okay. Mm-hmm. But then Jenna Elfman's just like, that doesn't make sense as the car immediately gets destroyed. <laughs> and Bugs is just like, way to ruin it, toots. <laughs> so they end up going to paris where they run into more characters like the three bears mm-hmm. where brendan fraser has to steal the papa bear's pants because he lost his pants and this is my second favorite sequence of the movie that i always remember from this movie oh the painting sequence duck and bugs money going to the paintings as they're getting chased by elmer fudd who of course works for acme mm-hmm. i love that they're going inside of the screaming man, but the animation also changes with the style of the painting. Like the That's... melting clocks for Salvador Dali. Yes. What's Sunday in the park. Thank you, the park one. Well, I don't remember the name of the park one. I was like, a... I love it. It's That's a really nice detail. I was like, God, I love this part of the movie so much. And... And then after this, we see that they're, they're going into... into General Oman gets kidnapped by the, the WWE guy and then they go on the way on the top on the on the on the Eiffel Tower and there was because like, of uh, course it's the Eiffel Tower it's a very short Eiffel Tower mm-hmm. I might add <laughs> like but it's I, shot to me it's because Eiffel Tower is a lot bigger mm-hmm. but it feels very small here mm-hmm. but I also love the little joke that Bugs Bunny says when they get out of the screaming man it was like a Pointillism, an art of using individual that's of pigment. And Duffy was like, why are you saying that? Well, this is a children's movie. The children have to learn something. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's how they got rid of El- Elmer Fudd. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, the they were that- able to take a picture, but uh, we also saw that Daffy wanted a picture as well. So we know that Daffy ruined it. But they were able to see that it's in Africa. Get it? It's a whole globe-trotting adventure, and yeah, it's in the Warner's budget, I guess. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, I, I love. There's also this weird joke where the chairman can't get the channel right. There's like three remotes, and he keeps screwing it up. Remind and me of, get my father. 
Channel 3. It's your fucking input 1, input 2, input 3. Satellite, DVD, VCR. <laughs> and it keeps cutting back to one of the cartoons, the I want a singer, I want a move and a groove. <laughs> you know, that classic one. Mm-hmm. And I love that he's just like, well, they've gotten rid of almost all our agents. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, Marvin the Martian, I'm going to need you for later in the film's climax. Mm-hmm. And... We're going to send our most de- deadly agent uh, after the whole Paris fiasco, which, by the way, they ran into Pepe Le Pew as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be the Tasmanian Devil. In this case, voiced by Brendan Fraser. He did the... Because all you got to do is just go... And then he kills Ron Perman. Yep, who... Well, he turns into a skeleton. Super Mario Brothers movie, the recent one, just did a joke like that. What if? Oh, yeah. What if I say no? <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> and it's uh, it's it's so bad seeing a fake skeleton just yeah. <laughs> talking, but it's it, it, it really so works. It looks so cute. Right? Then, yeah. Anyway, they end up. They go to Africa. Which is on the Warner Brothers lot. And the jungle set. The jungle set on the Warner Brothers lot. And then uh, I'm thinking of Legends of the Hidden Temple. I'm like, is Olmec going to appear somewhere? Because <laughs> they got to do the whole Indiana Jones thing where they put a piece into another piece. Mm-hmm. More comedy ensues, most of the time with Daffy getting hurt. Yes. But I also love that it was like a granny was like a they they find out the diamond and then, then granny was like a, finally I got the diamond and then Burfus was like wait you're not granny actually I am it takes out the zipper like undercover brother style I'm Steve Martin the chairman yeah guy. because because they ran into Granny Tweety and Sylvester yes. but it ends up actually being um, the chairman his bodyguard and Taz. Mm-hmm. Taz's Tweety is also just that's just very strange to think about. Well, I love the Steve Martin taste. I was like, I mean, actually, I am, and then it's Michael Jordan from Space Jam. It looks like old it's archive footage, Jam. but it it's is. Footage. <laughs> but they did that, and they're like, "What? What is this?" <laughs> and he's like, "No, I'm actually your father." No, and they do the uh, "I am your father" joke. Mm-hmm. No, you know it to be true. It's not true. <laughs> And it's like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it reminds me of one of my favorite Justin Family Guy. We're going into Mario Zero Confession. Actually, I'm not a man. I'm a woman. And this other thing. But I'm not actually a woman. I'm a horse. You're a horse. Actually, I'm a broom. <laughs> to be honest to you, Diane, I am surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, they get the blue monkey diamond. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, they did turn Brendan Fraser briefly into a monkey, and yes. or or Daffy did. Because I guess say they this ending is a little anticlimactic. This last ten minutes of the movie. Oh, it's very rushed because this yes. pacing is super fast, mm-hmm. a little too fast. I get it. They just wanted to rush this out and earn a paycheck. Mm-hmm. As you know, at the beginning of this podcast, that didn't quite didn't quite work out for them mm-hmm. and i love that steve martin has a uh, timothy dalton was like a, well you want to save your father from the diamond hat? and also on top of it is a two-ton anvil and also the pendulum of doom wait i didn't order the pendulum of doom and the computer's like smiling like, that's overkill <laughs> <laughs> and and lee and lee one l writing the south saw five put that down put that down <laughs> with the pendulum <laughs> But uh, yeah, it turns out Timothy Dalton got uh, kidnapped at the beginning because mm-hmm. it turns out he was a real spy. Yeah. And they do the classic uh, tie to a railroad track as an oncoming train is coming. That old cliche, mm-hmm. except they strap a shit ton of dynamite on him in the anvil, like you just said. And it's uh, not the, the it's not Ale from Popeye screaming like this. Ah, ah, with the yeah. <laughs> I was expecting Popeye to come out. For some reason, but uh, they didn't. Mm-hmm. But what does happen is they manage to transport everybody back through mm-hmm. a whatchamacallit. Honestly, we, who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, it turns out Bill Goldberg was a female Taz. Yes. 
And so they're just making out in the Warner's jungle set. <laughs> and then uh they they Daffy and Bugs Bunny they chase after Marvin the Martian and I love that Marvin the Martian was like, what well, actually, you're not going to stop me. And I love that Bugs Bunny has a lightsaber and he has lightsaber real effects. Like, it's a real son of a lightsaber. Yeah, because they got to put the blue monkey diamond on the Acme satellite. Mm-hmm. And so that's where Marvin the Martian comes in. Because like, well, he's a Martian. Robin, the diamond in the satellite? Yes. Why they would want to <laughs> redo Batman and Robin notably one of their biggest failures ever i don't know i don't know why they just did it again mm-hmm. recently uh going back to batman and robin but in a recent movie that they did but why not i mm-hmm. guess they're just like well this is already a sinking ship so fuck it <laughs> and <laughs> that's probably why because they knew yeah, the right thing they knew. Maybe Joe Dante put that in the satellite just because of the Batman joke earlier in the movie. But, and then we get into, I forgot how much I like the joke of like, uh, that video was like, I'm going to save everyone. I'm going to be Doc Dutchers. And then he grabs boom, one of the cannon. Boom. Duck every jetpack. Every jetpack explodes when he says Duck Dodgers. Duck. Which is a, a space uh, alter ego for Daffy. Mm-hmm. Which there was a Duck Dodgers TV show as mm-hmm. well. Porky Pig was his sidekick, and Marvin the Martian was also there. Mm-hmm. And it was actually pretty okay. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Daffy uh, gets part of his mouth to block the the diamond, and for now, nobody to turn into monkeys. And and then all of a sudden, he stopped everything, and we see Steve Martin getting out of his security, like kind of like weird, like um like little room to be safe from the laser he's like is and there was a recurring joke yet? with him and one of the executives mary yes mm-hmm. and i guess she was okay with it because mm-hmm. why not yeah why and not? Uh, he's just like it's only just gonna be me and mary she's like i do need female companionship to jenna elfman she's like oh and he's just like unfortunately you're not my type i'm like okay that's a good subversion. Yeah, that is a good subversion. And then I love that uh, when Steve Martin was like, is anybody a monkey yet? And then he's turning into a monkey because Daffy slipped a little bit of the laser and it goes exactly Yeah, and it only goes directly to him. Mm-hmm. And it's got the little glasses. What well, a little coincidence. And then yeah. he gets turned into a monkey. And in, I put it in my nose. This was anticlimactic. I wanted to see people turn into monkeys with the Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah, and also Marvin the Martian got trapped in a bubble from his own yes. bubble gun. Mm-hmm. So that's how he got defeated. Mm-hmm. They're all defeated cartoon style, mm-hmm. is essentially. And Wile E. Coyote is driving the train, and it turned out that he blows up because there was a big CGI guard dog that yeah. gets caught, and they were able to get Timothy Dalton out in time. Mm-hmm. As he keeps saying the word son a lot, like... Oh, uh, you got it, son. Mm-hmm. Come over here, son. Uh, all that. And it's like, man, Shakespearean trained theater actor, Timothy Dalton, everybody. That was a good paycheck. It must have been a good paycheck. It's the it's the old Michael King quote where he's just talking about Jaws the Revenge. And he said, I never saw Jaws the Revenge, but I have seen the house that it did pay for. I will be, we'll say a better example. For my for our Gen Zs, Jennifer Lawrence and Next Men, Dark Phoenix. There is no women in Next Men. You should be thinking about changing the name to X Women because they're the only ones that can do anything out here. Actual screenwriting, uh, actual Simon screenwriter Kimberg. wrote. Simon Kinberg actually wrote that. Yeah, it's man. I was gonna say who wrote this, but we know who wrote it. I told you that was. I remember that from my head. That was Simon Kimber. Or like, maybe was... it maybe it was Cerebro, uh, Cerebro, just as a joke. That maybe maybe, maybe, cool. maybe it was Charles, just mm-hmm. as a joke. Damn it, Charles! Get out of my head, Charles! <laughs> yeah. Um. So this is a movie with a lot that goes on. Mm-hmm. And as we're also oh, yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we're just basically the final rambling. meta joke. The final manager yeah, with but, the two friends. I, I also love how Yosemite Sam is defeated. He accidentally lights a bunch of dynamite mm-hmm. and blows himself up. Mm-hmm. 
which yeah. happened earlier in Jeff Gordon's car, although the dynamite was only contained to the inside of the car, which yeah. is hilarious, and they get the cartoon, like, soot all over them. Mm-hmm. And, and then and we the, get the final meta joke where it's like, ah, everything is accomplished. Yeah, everything is accomplished. And even the like, I saved the world. I am the hero. And then we hear, cut. I was like, wait a minute. You didn't get me to do this in your stupid movie. And Bugs Bunny was like, well, this is one of your for you, Daffy. And then he goes into his limo. And then we see Brendan Fraser, Dev's version of security guard, meeting snobby version of Brendan Fraser. I was like, look at me, buddy. I do more work than you. <laughs> oh, and then Brendan Fraser, there's this not one. I get a lot of people fired. And then the, he punches the other Brendan Fraser. And, that yeah, was, and that's how the movie ends. Uh, then they do the... All right, everybody, goodbye. As Porky, <laughs> of course, cannot say, that's all, folks. <laughs> and it just goes, ah, just get out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Also, there's a post credits with just Daffy getting chased by Yosemite Sam and his uh, as they go back to Vegas. I don't know why it's there. I guess they were just like, hey, might as well put it for people. I know. Even though it would have been more interesting because it was the 2000s and the 90s, they should have done like kind of like uh, bloopers. And they should have. Oh, for sure. During the credits. Yeah, they should have done that, though. Like, if you're going to do cliches, do that one, too. Yeah, but, so this movie is both a love letter and also becomes a cliche. It's the best yes. way I can describe it. Uh, uh, you stole my words. Yeah, it is that. And it's not only that, too. It's also... But the other thing that I'm also... Because I wanted to... I always wanted to compare it to a movie something right now. This is how you do references without overshadowing the story and the other jokes around it. Unfortunately, this is a very generic story. It's a generic story, yes. But we live in an era right now that we have to applaud to every single cameo and reference, and the movie has to start completely for us to recognize it, and the movie cannot go forward. At least this movie goes really fast, but the references are right there for you to watch the movie at least five, three more times to see all of those references. There's a lot of stuff in the background and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's one of those like like Ready Player One movies mm-hmm. where you're like... A, amazed with how much they were able to shove in there funny enough also a warner brothers movie yes they have a thing for shoving their own properties into their own movies because Mm -hmm. they love to self-congratulate themselves Uh not pointing out fingers at all i don't work for warner brothers so i can say this yeah you can say that yeah yeah but uh (laughs) the flush sucks i don't care dude (laughs) i enjoy this movie yeah do i feel like watching it again no not particularly Mm -hmm. uh but it's it's an interesting little time capsule i'm like i also i don't own this movie i got to see it on a on hbo max wink but if i see it at a thrift shop and a thrift shop i will buy it just for nostalgia i liked it because of the meta jokes in the animation i cannot say that this movie is horrible Compared to when we get to it, when we get to that movie next week. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, we're doing a double feature next week. Oh, it's not looking hard. forward to it. It's gonna be hard <laughs> that double feature. But yeah, that was Looney Tunes back in action. Mm-hmm. I'll give this movie a seven. I'll give this movie a five. A Just five. a straight down the middle. I'll give it a seven just because for me that psycho joke and uh, the psycho joke and the other the meta stuff. I I love meta. You know me. As I roll my eyes. Yeah, but you know me so well. You have known me for a decade, almost. I do, I do. Yeah. But yeah, next week we're doing Space Jam. Both. And Space Jam: A New Legacy. Oh. God help us. Oh, no, Billy's reaction to Space Jam and New Legacy is going to be interesting. Well, my reaction to Space Jam, because I haven't seen it in forever. I want to see if it holds up. I want to see it also as an adult. I remember liking some of it, but not I all loved of it. Space Jam as a kid. Mm-hmm. But it might be, it might suck. Who knows? But I heard New Legacy, terrible. Mm-hmm. So I'm not looking forward to that. Oh, especially when we get to the Clockwork Orange cameo. Ah, uh, uh, you, you don't know until we know. Like, uh, okay. This is part of my No Way Home kind of distracting kind of cameo. Until 
then yes where can the good people find you buddy you can find me as always at robert rdc on twitter instagram and on letterboxd and on tiktok at robert rdc please follow the podcast on sys pod on twitter please give us an interview on apple spotify po- for podcasts and google and the other ones in you believe Yes, you can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Master of Puns 196. Every word starts with the letter, oh, with the capital letter. And you can also follow our main show podcast at SYNS Pod on Twitter, as well as uh, follow me on Instagram at Billy Batson's Lightning. No, nothing is capitalized there. And you can just follow us and give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Just write a review. We really appreciate anybody that does that, unless you're the asshole that intentionally did a one-star review or a bot. Uh, we don't like you. And you can also follow us on Google Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, so- Spotify for podcasters, mm-hmm. wherever podcasts can be listened to. And as always, see you next summer. Hey, 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 so folks, dun, 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 dun.